Welcome to Take a Wonder with Shebs, the show that features some of the biggest travel bloggers, TV and radio personalities and journalists from all around the world. Each show aims to take my guest on a wonder and uncover topics that may not be discussed on their platforms or in the media, whether that's the state of travel blogging and journalism as it is today, or whether there's enough diversity within the industry. Perhaps what impact technology and social media have had on content creation, or in general the impact of current affairs on the industry. I also try and find out the journey behind each individual's success, as this is more important to me than the actual travel. This episode aired originally on my YouTube channel on the 3rd of May 2021, and it's with Italian travel blogger Diana Bancali. Diana and I spoke about how she broke into the world of travel blogging and what it took for her to become a full-time blogger. We discussed the challenging times bloggers have had in 2020, plus I spoke to her about some of her transformative travel experiences and her future aspirations. Diana, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. How are you? Hello, chefs. I'm good. Thanks. And you? I'm doing great. Thank you for coming on. I know you've got a very busy schedule, so I really appreciate it. Uh, For those who don't know who you are, just explain to everyone what you do and what your career is all about. My name is Diana Bancale, or Diana as you like. I'm an Italian travel blogger, and I'm the author and creator of a travel blog uh, called In Viaggio da Sola, which is dedicated to women traveling solo. We will come on to your career and the blog uh, slightly later, but I always like to take it back to how it all began. Where did the initial love for travel for you come from then? My love for traveling was growing within the years because the events of my life and so on, they changed my perspective. But let's say that my parents, okay, when I was a a kid, uh, I used to travel every Sunday. We were going for a day trip with my parents. So we would go with a car somewhere close to Italy. And so let's say I used to like it because, you know, every even if they were short trips, it was nice to see something new. We were, for example, visiting castles or small, count, small towns close to my city. So it was a starting. Then my, my big love for traveling and especially for solo traveling started after my master's degree. Um, I moved to U.S., to Florida, to, to study English, essentially. Uh, and so it was my first big solo trip in a foreign country. And then I don't know what happened, but it just changed my perspective because I I saw how essential it was for me to travel, how essential and important it was for me to meet other people from other cultures. And so after that, I was like, I don't know, I was maybe 24, 23. Uh, After that, I could not resist anymore to the impulse of traveling. And that's where it all started. Yeah, I can say the, the big start was this. But I was grew up in an environment where travel was essential, small traveling, moving around was very important. So it comes a bit from my family and the rest from, from, from me, I think. Your education, did you want or did you, did you plan on, on, on traveling in the future? Or did you want it to be a career at a young age? No, my, my idea was a totally, oh, I changed many ideas when I was a kid. Uh, no, I never thought about being a traveler, but what was happening every Sunday, we have an Italian TV, many different uh, TV shows about traveling. And I was so looking forward for them to, to watch them. No, I used to like them a lot. But when I was still a kid, I was not thinking it was going to be my career. 
And then time by time, when I understood, for example, that I like to write, that I like to travel, then the idea of becoming a work came to my mind. But it was, you know, it was a process, actually. For, for me, for the beginning, it was a hobby, you know, the idea of traveling, of changing environment, of moving around was something that made me feel alive. Uh, only later it became my travel and I understood that it was what I wanted. You said you moved to the US. What did you study there? Yeah, there actually, no, I studied journalism in Italy, but then after my master's degree, um, I needed to learn English because we study in school in Italy, we study English. But of course, as long as you don't speak with other people in, uh, in English, you don't really learn it. So uh, I went, okay, let's say Florida was not the best place to learn English because many people speak Spanish. <laughs> but still, I was in a college and, and then there was people from all over the world. You were obliged to speak English Otherwise, people would not understand you. So I was there six months to like make my English better, let's say. And the culture in, in the US is very different to Italian cultures. Uh, Italian cultures, uh, be going to Italy, very family orientated, you know, People like to hang around a lot uh, in each other's house. But in America, it's very, uh, from talking to a lot of Americans, having a lot of American friends, very independent culture. Did you find it a bit of a, a different culture when you went over? Is that what sort of first thought, oh, this is different. I, maybe I can see more of the world and see what other cultures are like. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't say that it's a cultural shock because, yes, it is different from Italy, but it's not as different. But still, no, the, what made me really grow and make me really feel a different person is that I was getting in contact with people from Asia, from the US, from other places, everywhere, from Africa. And so that was the really what made me say, okay, my life, what, what I need in my life is to grow my ideas, to change, you know, because when you live all your life in a country, in the same place, maybe in the same city, you think that, I don't know, your ideas are the ones. And then, for example, you get in contact with other people and you change totally what you think. So, yes, the, um, the idea of meeting with other people was what really made me feel, made me make my passion for traveling grow. And yes, the culture was different. But I must say, for example, US culture is very independent, but I am a very independent person. So it kind of, I match with the culture a bit for some, for some things. So, yes. A lot of my Italian friends I know, they love their family, love their friends. For you to say you're independent, it's, it's a bit of a, a different, different. but obviously you get loads of people like that in every culture. You said you studied journalism. When did you first start writing pieces for publications? During my university, I was doing internships. And so I, I used to write so articles about what was happening, what was going on in the city. It was, you know, for papers. And then, actually, it took me a while to realize um, that I want to write about traveling. And so I, I, was, um, I, I changed many jobs because I, I couldn't find like, my passion. I couldn't find my real way. And so it happened in 2013. Uh, I was doing totally another job. I was a receptionist in an office. And then I started to think that I could not, you know, stay longer in a job that was not meant for me. Then I asked myself, okay, I like to travel. I love to write. How can I mix my two passions, the two passions of mine? So traveling and writing. And that's why I started my blog. It was actually for a hobby. You know, I, 
I, I was not expecting the success that then it came. So I opened my blog. I started to write about some previous travels. And then time by time, it grew. Some people started to read my articles and some people started to notice me. And then it was, you know, a process. But it was, it all started in 2013. And uh, the blog was just a way at the beginning for me to, to tell about my travels, to tell people how I was about to travel solo. Because, you know, when people, especially in Italy, for women to travel solo, it's not so common. So my friends, my family, my other people that I knew, they used to ask me, oh, why you travel solo? You don't have friends. So why it's so weird? And so I, I felt like the need to express and to tell the people that actually it's a, it's a life-changing experience. It's something that you can learn a lot from. And so that's why it started. And that's why I chose this, uh, this thing. One thing with a blog is when you're first starting it off, is having that mindset to make sure that wherever you start, there's going to be some sort of business to it. You see, so there's a lot, of, a lot of bloggers that I know. And when I first started my properly, I started it really, let's just say last year, it's having that mindset of a business. So I made sure I trademarked my name. I got the logo. What advice would you give to someone? So starting off, because that's the hardest mm. bit, because a lot, a lot of blogs fail within, let's just say the first year. Maybe five to six, because people get bored of writing or yeah. you know, they've, they've done their one month of traveling, they've written their blog, they don't know what else to. What advice would you give to someone for sort of persistence, continuity, and consistency? You're very right, because that's the difficult part. As for example, when I started, it was different. There was less competition, for example. So, okay, I started a bit, as I, to as I told you, as a hobby. But now uh, you cannot start anymore a blog like this because, you know, there are millions of other bloggers that talk about maybe your same thing. So my first advice is something that I always tell to people asking me is that you need to study, okay? You need to prepare. You cannot, you know, just start and then see how it goes. Okay, study first uh, the rules of communication, the rules of writing, of photography. You know, blog work include a lot you know, thousands of abilities, social media and photography and videos and communication first. So first study, then make clear, uh, make clear what you want to talk about and please choose a niche because, you know, you cannot talk about everything. You need to, to focus on something in order to become like an authority on this topic um, and make sure to choose something that you have something to say about it because otherwise as you said you will get bored of writing you will lose inspiration so it must be something that really it's your passion you're passionate about and also you have something to say and keep studying all the time because um, you know the on on the web especially the things are changing so fast you know social media rules are changing the seo the google you know google laws are changing like every other month so study prepare choose a niche and another thing is don't lose hopes because, you know, in people sometimes, some young bloggers, they, they ask me, okay, uh, how can I make money with the blog? And it's not like just this. You need to work on it. You need to have followers and readers. Otherwise, if nobody reads your blog, then you're never going to make money. But you cannot express it's going to, you cannot expect that it's going to happen suddenly. So you need to be patient as well. Work, keep working, keep writing, even if nobody <laughs> reads your article, but keep doing it. And then 
and then the results will come. But you not you cannot expect to to earn money immediately because it's not going to happen. So be patient and have a plan B to make your income at the beginning. Otherwise, you know. One thing you mentioned there was patience with any blog, and this is something I've realized. You need to build it. It's a slow, slow burn. So a lot of people, again, this is the misconception because they see bloggers like yourself you know people oh they've had so much success they're making so much money i can live that life but as you just said there if you've got no following or if no one's reading it how can it be sustainable you see so you've got to think of the long term this is what i was trying to say to you in terms of the business model so i when i first started i had a visual board and said this is where i want to be this is where i am this is what i need to do to for example this podcast that i do like when i started it again i had the visions you know sometimes you you dream of winning awards and stuff and you think oh this is gonna win you need to need to have the plan though because you can't again without you you can't grow without doing the heart so you got to build a foundation when you see someone who's just made it you know here there and everywhere within the first six months to a year it's not sustainable a bit like um one example i can give you i don't know whether in italy you've got x factor or Italy's got talent. Yeah, 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 we get it. You get that, yeah. So it's very, it's in your face, isn't it? They become famous overnight, very popular, but they're not. Where do you see them? You don't see them after two, three years, do you? They, they disappear. So it's it's about it's building the foundation, I think, as you were just saying, having the niche, as you were saying as well, and then running with it. You see, so and. Talking of niches, your niche is solo traveling for females. So you obviously mentioned that you felt as though it was important to share the solo aspect to Italian people. Why was it important for you then to tell your story as a solo traveler, especially for females? For many different reasons. First, um, because I don't like, I didn't like the idea of uh, associating the solo traveling with being alone because it's it's totally the opposite. Or maybe, for example, some people would think that if you travel solo, then you're not social. I'm so sociable and I love to meet people. That's why I travel solo. So first, because out of curiosity, I wanted to give people information about this. Second, because I think, and I'm really convinced about it, that uh, traveling solo, it's, uh, it's really like, um, I, I, I usually say it's like a gym, you know, it's an exercise you do to become a better person, to become more open to other people, to cultures, uh, and to become stronger. Because every, every solo trip I do, then I go back home and I feel like stronger, more independent, with, you know, your vision come you know, open, open. And so I think it's very important for every person that can be a male or a female to try a, to, to, to try a solo, a solo, a solo trip experience. And also because I think it's very important for females, for male as well, but you know, I'm a girl. So I, I, I speak from my point of view. It's very important that, uh, when you travel solo, you're cautious. So you, there are some rules, let's say, to respect. Uh, there are some things to do in order to, to travel safe. And it is very important. So I also wanted to share this because, okay, we can do everything we want, but we need to be all the time safe and we need to use our brain when we travel solo. So that was, you know, to help other women, to inspire them. And, and to give my point of view, because, you know, I didn't like that people used to think, okay, you travel solo because you're solo. 
we are not. <laughs> and you know how many friends, you know, because you travel solo as well. You know how, how many more friends you do when you travel solo rather than you traveling with your close friend or with your Absolutely. boyfriend or girlfriend. So it's, you know, it's something. And then you get out of your comfort zone, which is very important. And, and I think everybody should try it from, from time to time. But five years ago, solo traveling was around about 3 to 4%. Now it went up to like 15 to 20 percent. And it's so, I think it's helped. I guess blogs, a lot of people reading blogs, people's, you know, solo aspect of traveling and realize you're right. You make more friends when you travel solo, you know, because the thing is, when I talk to people about solo traveling, you're not tied to anyone no plans no scheduling you know let's just say if you did a the tour there are lots, lots of tours for solo travelers which is great actually if you want to my advice to actually someone who's going to first start traveling is maybe do a tour group there's loads of tour groups you can do and it eases your way in so you do sometimes you get a lot of free times in the tour and stuff but those are good ways to start because then you can see how they do it and then maybe plan your solo travels itself because that's a good way of starting but then you meet and it helps you open up I think you know you know you just said and, and I, I will come on to your relationship because I know uh, you're in a relationship but we'll come on to that later so you meet other people and then you think to yourself oh these are really good friends and you become friends for life I've still got friends that I met six, seven, eight, nine years ago from solo traveling. We still keep in touch. We see each other on, on travels and stuff. And that's the beauty of it because they solo it's travel amazing. as well. Yeah, yes. you get to meet them all the time. And it's and you think that sometimes I see them more than I see my friends here. And that's like, well, how is that possible? Because you're solo traveling to the same places, really. So it's, it's there's a misconception. And when you started, you mentioned blogs didn't exist it was so, well they did exactly i think 2005 six was like the first time i remember hearing about a blog and you might think this is like ancient history when people listen to it but the, the time and era where it really took off was around about 2012 13 when you first started and one thing i picked up on what you said actually and it's quite important because it's something when i do this show i always verify my sources checks and stuff so whatever i put out there's got to be some sort of because you're, you're putting it out to the world and if people watch it or if people read it for example there's got to be some sort of truth behind it there's got to be so when you write making sure you're not writing a very subjective article how hard is that because as a blogger you've got a lot of following i've seen it in the last year where i saw lots of bloggers with hundreds of thousands of followers and lots of other journalists who were telling people oh you shouldn't be traveling during a pandemic because it's not safe uh and i, I a lot of these people i asked because i got asked the question because I, when i went to turkey last year people saying why are you traveling so i asked them well have you traveled then you're a blogger have you traveled and experienced to say that it's not safe and they went no no i haven't well how can you say that and write about it if you haven't experienced it firsthand so that's that's another question so how when you write how objective do you make your articles and obviously making sure that what you do put out you realize it's going to influence a lot of people that's why it's a bigger responsibility 
But as, okay, when I was a journalist, for example, the rules were to be all the times objective, totally objective. And this is something, a fact that we know about journalism. When it comes to blog, I think we are like a hybrid because, um, okay, we, we must give information that are uh, true, that are correct, and that's, that's very important. But also, since we are bloggers, we need to put something of our service, you know, some of our point of view. So uh, when it comes to me, I try, okay, my articles, for example, there are some that are more emotional, more inspirational, and some other are very about facts, you know, and I don't know, important things or advices. So what I do in my case, I try to make clear, okay, for example, this is requirements to, to go to Canary Island, for example, let's make it. So an article is about this with facts. And then, for example, I make clear when I'm talking from my point of view, for example, say, from my point of view, I like to do this. From my point of view, this one is nice, not nice. So I make, I try to make as clear as, as possible that this is my point of view. So just, okay. And then, uh, yes, of course, you need to be honest, but you need also to remember that you are influencing people. So um, there are some, some tips just like don't do dangerous things or don't show them if you do them. Uh, present, or for example, if you are doing, I don't know, an activity or something that can be dangerous, say, okay, I'm, gonna do, I'm doing this because I have well prepared, because I, you know, I, so it's... Um, it's very important for me to state when it's your own point of view and to always encourage people to be to be safe, to be safe, to to never dare too much. And you know, it's difficult anyway. It's difficult. Because as you said, you were traveling during the pandemic and people would complain and ask and you know. So yeah, <laughs> I think this is something that we always need to keep in mind. And yeah, actually that's it is one difficult thing about our job. As you just said, that your influential aspect of 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 your of your blog or your career, it is your career. And the thing is, it's the travel industry. I've realised it's a very small industry. So it's obviously a big, but the types of people you meet. Actually, I know this person. Oh, you know that person. So it's a very small. So recognition-wise, and people you meet, meet. I think reputational um, impact that you have for your brand yourself. I'm sure when you go to other brands to work with, you know you've got a trail of this is what I've done. This is what this is how I've influenced people. So it's, that's I think another key thing to a blog. You mentioned as well, very very important now photography videography you've got to almost do everything now not you can't just be a writer because again once upon a time you were just able to just write 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 yeah. now they say there's a saying that you've got to be jack of all trades you know write blog you know video podcast you name it you've got to do it all because otherwise in this industry now with how technology is moving moving along you have to survive and this is how you can I guess evolving is the right word, isn't it? What I might be saying. Evolving, so it, yeah. Evolving every single time because you can have, you know, lots of big brands. They start off with one niche, but then you have sub-niches, don't you? Sub, 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 sub. And then you have sub-niches on top of the sub-niches. So it, 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 that's how you build, isn't it? So Sometimes, for example, when my colleagues get this question, they say, no, now it's too late for bloggers because we are too many. 
we would never be too many because there are so many topics to cover. And, you know, as you said, niche, sub-niche, sub-niche. So you can find your way. But, of course, it's more difficult, you know, because many, maybe, I don't know, there is now another blogger that wants to try to write about solo traveling for female in Italy. And that's already me and a couple of others. <laughs> so you need to find another thing. For example, solo traveling for women who are vegetarian and who like to travel on a horse, let's say. So you need to, to find your way. You can do it. Of course, it's more difficult, but yes. It's, I, I always encourage, for example, the people that want to become a blogger, if they really got a passion, if they really are ready you, you know, to learn and to, and to work hard because there is space, just need to find you know, the, the idea, the key idea. And as you said, you need to be a little bit of everything. And what I usually say is that, for example, okay, let's say I'm not good with technical stuff, for example, of my blog. Then I would rather focus, I don't know, on photography, on writing and on social media, and then maybe pay somebody to be my webmaster, no? So if you're not so good in doing in do something, get a collaboration, you know, get a specialist so you can you can really be a professional in this way. Or you learn to do it yourself, or you pay somebody to do it for you, and you know. And you just mentioned actually collaboration. Collaboration, I've noticed, is very important for bloggers. So if you can collaborate with someone else, it helps you sort of grow more because obviously you're working with other bloggers, other travelers. Uh, that's a, I don't know, how, but for yourself, I don't know how much collaboration you've done with others, other bloggers and stuff. But would you say that's a, would you say that's key now? When I got asked, I always say this: the the human, the, the network, okay, the, um, the contacts that you get are vital. Because, for example, uh, as for me, um, most of my jobs, most of, um, of my popularity as well comes because I got some collaboration with others, no? And because we help each other, so it, you don't need to be, I mean, you need to be competitive, but not. we are not like, uh, I don't know, enemies. We need to collaborate to each other. And, you know, my, let's say, success because i i always find connection i um, i try to collaborate with other bloggers with brand with everybody so it's very important also to never always be open with other colleagues always uh, try to network go to events when you can meet other people you know because it, it is very important yeah i remember i had advice of someone uh, quite the quite well-known photographer and said don't treat your treat them as colleagues and not as competition because let's just say if you can't do a, a she was talking about photography let's just say you can't go do do a piece pass it on to someone that you know and don't think oh my god if i pass it on to this person i might not get another job think of them as as you know colleagues and then hopefully that person will do exactly the same so you help one another i think it's it's very vital and it doesn't happen by the way all the time not everyone thinks like that because no. again it's sometimes your survival instinct comes in you know you got to put food on the table don't you a lot of the time and it's been very tough actually during talking about food on the table it's been very tough in 2020 as a blogger and uh, not just bloggers I, I know a lot of people who have really struggled H how did you sort of uh, was it was it a tough period for yourself in 2020 yes it was quite tough um 
okay, let's say the numbers, of course, of the blog. Okay, I'm from Italia. Uh, people from Italy were not allowed to travel. So, of course, people was not looking for articles about travel. So all my contents or my blog, you know, the let's say the traffic to my blog really decreased during 2020 because, you know, people was looking, for example, for food recipes or for stuff to buy, but not <laughs> looking for travel. So actually... Mm, I will be honest, it was kind of painful because you see all your work or your visits from, from Google really going down, but really going down. And it's it's painful. But uh, one thing that I that I always thought is that it's a it's a period, it's not gonna be forever like this. So you try to be strong. And what I did, for example, is to find in other ways, you know to focus on other things for example since i saw the blog was going down then i focus a bit more on instagram and i got a lot of uh, interaction with instagram a lot of you know mm, let's say i grew also on instagram because you need to see okay the blog is not going good what people can be interested in for example live streaming on on instagram and that's what I focus on. So I try to, you know, change, change the, um, a little bit, uh, staying still in my niche, but changing the, the things that I was focusing on it. But anyway, it, it was very hard. And also it was hard, you know, because you see, you lose a little bit of inspiration because you, you don't feel anymore the attention on the contents so maybe you can write tons of contents i well for example in 2020 i was just back from my trip to vietnam and i was so excited about this trip i wanted to write so much and i did it but still i saw that my contents were not so so red because people were not allowed to go to vietnam so it was you know of course you you lose some inspiration but the important thing is to keep in mind that you know it's going to be back to normal, hopefully soon, and then focus on other things. For example, I develop other collaboration with other brands. You know, you try other ways, of course, to make an income and to to keep your your work, let's say. But it wasn't easy, so I think, for everybody. Mentioned again, you've done different things within your travel itself, not just writing. I think you're able to adjust. Again, this is what I was trying to say to you because you've because you've got the business knowledge really uh, to realize. Oh my goodness, my blog's not being read. I need to do something else. So you talked about the Instagram Live. You talked about doing other things with other brands. So it having the knowledge of because you can't just think, oh, it's not being read. Maybe it will be read the next week. The other. You've got to find a way of doing something else. And I think this is what I was trying to say to you. Having different skill sets now is so important because otherwise you could, who knows, you know, something else could happen in the next five years. And then you have to adjust. It's like in any business, as I just said to you, is blog is another business. Any business, you're going to have really good periods. It's like, again, the financial industry, isn't it? Where the graph will go up, the you know, the investments are going up. And then it will decline and you have to find another way of going back up again, isn't it? So think of it like that. The successful ones like yourself will always find ways to come through a tough period, you see. And it shows a testament to someone to do so, you see. So um, so I congratulate you for coming through a lot, you know, a tough period in 2020. So uh, hopefully, as you said, though, things will get back to normal very soon and we can travel again and people will start reading things. Maybe even better, you know, because... 
people was forced to be home and we can't wait to, to travel again. So I, I have this hope that it's going to be even better for our industry, for tourism. Maybe it's going to change the way we travel it's, it will, will change, but still people <laughs> want to travel. So um, I'm positive oh. about it. I hope people will change the way they think, you know, and when they do travel, for example, uh, think about the impacts that travel has on people, the perspective, and hopefully it changes them for the better. That's what I hope that will happen in the in the near future. Anyway, Any, anything that uh, let's just say a transformative experience, so something that really sticks in your mind and thinks that really changed me. For who I am today. People that travel a lot like me or like you, we have, I don't know, a bunch of experience that, you know, I think every single trip change a bit of your mind and, you know, add something to your, to your person, to who you are. But, um, let's say travel through Vietnam. They were actually, actually the, my last big trip was the one to Vietnam. Uh, I was alone. Um, for one month and a half. I got stuck to Vietnam because the, the borders were closed. I could not go back to Italy anymore. So for the circumstances, for the fact that I was alone, and was actually the, my first uh, backpack trip. No, I usually don't backpack <laughs> because <laughs> I like to be a little bit comfortable. Uh, so it was my first backpack trip. I was, um, I didn't plan it actually. I usually plan a bit, but in this case, I just wanted to be not random, you know, but just more free, you know, to choose. For example, I make a plan, but then uh, let's say I'm in a city and I like it very much and I was supposed to stay two days. I want to feel free to stay five days if I like it. So it was... Um, it was a very important trip to me first because I, I need to get less comf out more out of my comfort zone, less comfortable. Uh, also, the situation was quite uh, weird because you know the all the virus thing was starting. So my my attitude was a little bit different. I was a little bit more scared than usual. And the people around, there was no tourists, not many tourists because tourists were not traveling at the time. So I was really feeling like in, into the, with the locals, you know, they were, I was more interacting with locals than with tourists, with other travelers. And so it was, um, actually it was, was quite a, a trip that was even more interesting for me because you know when you are comfortable when you when you meet I don't know with people from other parts of Europe or you feel like you know you are in a family then I was feeling more lonely more lonely than usual uh, but still what I like as I told you is that I was forced to interact with other people you know and especially with locals because I was alone you, you as a human you want to interact and you you need other people and so I was feeling like totally in the place. I was feeling like not on vacation. I was feeling like really into the place, into the culture. And then it was very interesting because, for example, I chose day by day how to move around. So I was in a night train alone, which was a awful experience. But still, when I think about it, I think, oh, it was so interesting. You know, it was so uncomfortable, but so interesting at the same time. Then, for example, I was traveling with night bus with only local people because there were no tourists. I was feeling, you know, a blonde female alone, but I was feeling so into the, the trip. So it was really interesting. And then, okay, at some point, it was also scary because, for example, I found myself in Ho Chi Minh, uh, 
nobody would understand. It was like 4 a.m. in the night. I was alone. I couldn't find a Uber to get out. The hotel would not set me in. I was 4 a.m. alone with my backpack. And so, um, of course, every trip had some experience that can be scary. But still, when you go home and you think about it, it's like, you know, it's like you live thousands of lives. And also there was this situation that the virus was starting. So, you know, I was insecure what to do, how to do, how to get back to Italy because, you know, all my flights were canceled and you cannot go into some countries because I was Italian. With Italian passport, everything was becoming more difficult. So, you know, it was very interesting because it was a mix of emotion, a mix of fears as well, but I overcame all of them. So I now, you know, that I'm home, I feel it was this is this was an experience and I and I feel stronger and I can wait for another trip like that because you know the travel is a mix uh, happiness fear anxiousness um it has everything it has good things and bad things but I think all of them needs to be a part of a trip in order for you to grow with a trip and for me traveling is growing all the time that's a, an amazing story because you've gone through uh, you were talking about the beginning of the, the the pandemic really and to go through I, I know what it's I think I spoke to another blogger recently you know and I said if you're female especially as you were saying you're female blonde and you're on a night bus I'd done a night bus in Turkey a couple of times actually and I felt a little bit you know I'm, I'm with locals here and you don't know you don't like the look of that person so you stay away so so, so the fear of you know but then the more you do it obviously you get more sort of experience from it but for things not to go wrong I say it's it's an experience to learn from and you've come out of it on the other side you know it's it's made you stronger I'm sure it has you know just from your just the way you've told the story I can tell it's you've grown as a person as a as an individual the confidence it's giving you for next time when you go away exactly so as a female though it's completely different to the the courage you had to do that on your own, that is something to be very proud of. But still, when you're a female traveling, and especially in some countries, can be more, can be more challenging, can be more challenging. So, but still, that's why I feel even more confident because when I go back home at the end of everything, I, I say, okay, I did it, you know. Some other people would never do what I did. It was not so extreme, of course. You know, we are travelers. We know this was not extreme. But as for me, it was kind of really challenging. And yeah, sometimes I think that's why many Italian girls or women, they don't travel solo because um, it can be scary, it, totally out of your comfort zone. Because even some in some places, when you go to the restaurant alone and you are a female, <laughs> sometimes you get weird, <laughs> weird sight from the people, you know. They ask you, okay, at the table, how many people? Not just me. But, you know, it, it is still <laughs> totally, <laughs> sometimes it's a discomfort. But as more as you do, as you said, you don't, you know, you get used, you don't get any more to think of, oh, they're looking at me because blah, blah, blah. So, yes. And also there is one thing that sometimes in some countries happened to me. is like mm, sometimes some men, no, I'm not saying everywhere, every man, but sometimes some men can think that since you're traveling solo, it's because you're looking for male company. And this is uh, something annoying, for example, that happened to me in the past and it's, something we need to fight against because you know uh, if a man travels solo 
people don't want think that is traveling for this reason. If a female does it, sometimes it can happen in some countries and cultures. So that can be annoying, but yeah, of course, and that's that's the misconception. So obviously, you writing about it will help uh, other uh, travelers. You know, there's going to be moments where you go traveling, and then that has changed me for the better. But it's not I'm going every single time. Oh my goodness, it's changed me, and oh my goodness, I'm going to look for a relationship. It's not it doesn't well, it doesn't work like that. You see, so you know, I've had I've, another guest who came on my show said did like twelve trips in twelve months. You know, everyone kept saying, "Oh, you're going to find someone." You know, at the end of that twelve, it doesn't work like that. It's not. It's not. That's not how our brains work. So a lot no. of people think like that. You see, so but it's a, it's funny, and it's, it's great that um, you're in the situation. And you mentioned actually relation. You are actually in a relationship. Am I right in saying? Mm-hmm. so to do it all in a relationship and to solo travel you know you must have a lot of support from your from your partner that's important actually when i started the relationship it was almost eight years ago so i w- i had the passion for traveling but as i told you i was doing another job office job and then I was lucky enough because uh, my boyfriend understood me. So he has totally other passion. He doesn't like to travel, for example, but he totally understands how important it is for me to, to go with my passion, to follow my passion. And that's why for this, uh, I was so lucky. I was so lucky because, you know, he understands. Uh, maybe it can be difficult for him, I, I think, for me, be gone one month alone, you know. But he can, he can, he can really feel what I feel, and he, he, he always tell me when I see you so happy when you book a flight when you are abroad, you you totally change, you become a different person, you are so enthusiastic, and so he can feel this, and he's happy, really happy for me. Then, of course, it's difficult and for the both of us, but we are both very independent, so we can handle this, and I think it, it's how it is because it, you. You cannot be the same of the other person. Everybody has their own passion. They can be different. You can be very different pe- person from each other. We are totally the opposite. But still, we have the respect for the other individuality and for the other passion. So I think this one was very important. And it is very important in my relationship. Also, now I am in Tenerife and he is in Italy. Uh, but he respects my choice because he knows that I like to be in a place like this. I need ocean. I need the sun. So it's something, it's not easy, but still it's something you, you can work on it. I mean, it's not impossible. Many people ask me, oh, how it's possible you have a relationship and you travel solo. They are not enemies traveling solo and having a relationship. You can have the both, actually. And it depends on the idea that people have about relationship absolutely and, and you just mentioned there's a support that you, you need to get from your from your partner your boyfriend your girlfriend whoever you know it's vital and people need to need to understand that when you're traveling you're not traveling and it's you're, you're going to be they will have to come into your life and accept that this is who you are and otherwise a relationship won't work and you just mentioned that your boyfriend doesn't really like traveling and stuff so you've got to find a way to compromise with any relationship i guess so yes. it's it's exactly the same with so with friendship with family with it, everything you need it, to it, compromise exactly exactly so when you don't travel and when you sort of don't write or anything how do you relax what do you do to sort of hobbies wise have you got any hobbies uh, i used to have thousands of hobbies when i was in italy i used for example to do um, 
theater. I used to act as uh, actress, but you know, like not for for hobby. I used to study Greek language, for example. I used to dance Zumba. Now here I am in Tenerife since October. Um, what I do, what I really relax me a lot, is uh, doing Pilates or yoga on the beach to start my day like this with this sport. Then I go for a run. Then I like very much, as I told you, to interact with people. So I have friends here, but also I like, for example, to when there are some digital nomads uh, networking or events, I like to be part of them. Then something that I, I really like in these last months is um, I like to, um, to attend webinars about self-development, about entrepreneurship, you know, how to become better in your work, how to become better in your personal relationship no? with friends, with people, how to better interact with people, how to grow your self-esteem, you know, how to grow as a person. I'm really into it in this period and it really, really makes me feel nice. And then. Um, I don't like to cook, for example, <laughs> so I like to go <laughs> to try different. In here in, uh, in Tenerife, we have different restaurants with all the work, different kitchens. So I like to travel to tr to try different food from other uh, from other uh, countries. Let's say, um, and yes, essentially that's it. Sport and friends and, and classes, webinars to to get better. So that's what I do. Amazing. You know what, Diana, I can speak to you all day, so I'm not going to, I'm going to let you go now, but thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time and hopefully people listening in have been inspired by what you've said and I wish you all the best. Thank you very much for your time and I'll speak to you very soon. Thank you very much. It was lovely. You can follow my guests on all of their social media platforms. The details are in the description. That's it for Take a Wonder with Shebs. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms. Until next time, bye for now.